1: welcome to south coast tonight i'm marcus 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program let's go to the phones good evening good evening marcus happy new year hey good evening shawnee happy new year to you as well can you hear me because you're like soft oh sorry uh raise the volume can you hear me
2: yeah, a little, I think it's my phone. I think so. You can hear me though, right? I can hear you well. Okay, so my opinion is, I don't know why she did that. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and I hope it can. I hope it can be reversed. That's by by she? You say. mean
1: you mean Council Morad proposing the, the fifty thousand dollars pay hikes? Right. Yeah, I don't either. And, um, I don't know why this, I mean, it, you know, she proposed it, she championed it, but, you know, the city council voted to adopt it, too, and it still it doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, but what about the city council, don't, you know, we need change everywhere around here. Some Sometimes they stay in there too long, too.
1: How, how does
2: it who votes them and where they're at?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're up for, you know, uh, uh, the city elections are every two years every odd year so um that's you know that's where if people are really that you know if people are upset you know they can i mean you know Mm -hmm. if you you might you might be in a situation where you maybe you like the counselor and you just want to say hey listen that was really bad i don't want you to do you know this is bad you owe me an explanation don't do that again you could do that or you could say you know for one of those counselors or or more than one you'd be like listen, you got to go, (laughs) you know, uh, you can vote somebody else in, you know, that's, that's, I guess those are the paths you can take. Um, Can I, I like most of the city councilors? I think they're, they're, they're good people, but you know, I think trying to propose a $50,000 pay hike and, and, and shoving it into a, a necessary package uh, to, to like use that as leverage as a necessary pay raises, I think is, it is not good, especially when they're cutting other, like, really necessary, you know, they're making cuts to other really necessary services, and then they're like, oh, here's 50 grand, you know, here's 40 grand here, here's 50 grand here. It doesn't make any sense.
2: So, wasn't Linda Moran on it before when she came back? She left and then came back?
1: Well, uh, yeah, what the council? My mm. understanding is that she ran, she was on it until she, she, uh, till she, lost a uh, she ran for mayor and came in third to Mitchell and Cabral and then ran uh again like the next cycle and and got back on i think ran at, ran for at large in the next cycle and got and back so on so
2: now she's going to go for president again
1: well she'll be she'll probably be the council president yeah
2: they vote on that though right
1: they vote on that uh tuesday
2: yeah and anyways and the streets, and Mayor Mitchell keeps talking about he's going to fix the streets. Now, I was in a, a van-type vehicle today, and um, the, the street, cottage street, is so bad, even the fella driving said, this street is got to be fixed. I mean, even if you yeah. fix half of it. And the explanation I got was, oh, it's going to be fixed. It's on the list, but it's um something to do with um Eversource that was doing work. So what's taking so long? I mean, it's taken years for them to do cottage street. Yeah. I don't no, know. And, and they also said that they do it in the wealthy areas before they do the streets that really need them. Need it.
1: Yeah. I well, don't know. It's not right. It's not right. I agree. It's 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 not right. Did you try asking the, the mayor when he's on with him? Well, I, I would ask him.
2: I'm going to have to call in on Wednesdays, but I'm beginning... To get the uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> that's what i'm getting yeah with no action do you know what i mean
1: yeah no i i understand it's it's that's really frustrating
2: i'm noticing that more and more um all right well i hope uh that gets reversed because now i'm gonna have a hard time sleeping
1: yeah. I mean, at least I think people, if it doesn't, you know, whether or not it can get reversed, I'm, I'm not sure. But at least people can, you know, do something to make sure people don't do that stuff again. its It was careless. Uh, it was it was completely and totally reckless and unacceptable behavior for an elected official. Uh, I, you know, that's it's, it's hard to chalk it up to anything else than that.
2: Well, they all gave themselves a raise one time too. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you
1: know what? That's more. That was more justified, uh, I think, because I think they they do do a lot of work, and um, if you're if you're doing the job right, it's a lot of work. So they gave themselves a forty percent pay raise. The vote on that was, I believe, ten to one. Um, John Saunders is the one that proposed it, and then he was one that got punished for it. Um, uh, he said, if you don't like it, vote me out and he got punished for it and he did get voted out. But I thought actually that that was, I think that was a, I think that was actually correct. I think this is a lot worse than that. I think this is a lot worse than that, that pay raise, that pay raise for themselves vote, because it's just like first it's like throwing $50,000 at like three positions and then saying, oh, well the department heads, I think there was a real reason to, to, to raise new Bedford city councilors pay. I think they weren't getting paid enough. Um, for the for the work that they do, because if you're doing the job right, it is it it, it is a time consuming job, but um, but this is just like well, it's it's totally arbitrary, right? It doesn't make any sense, and it and it seems like uh, it seems like it's very careless.
2: We need you over there, Marcus. Yeah. But I noticed that you're really getting into this job. I'm glad you like it. Thank the, you. The talk show.
1: I appreciate it. I do. I do really enjoy the job. I, I, I thank you. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun.
2: Okay, you take care. You as well. have a happy new year.
1: You as well, thank you. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello. Hey.
3: Hi, this the first time I kind of heard you, uh, Marcus. It's Marcus, right? Yep. Oh, good. It's nice to hear you. Thank you. Um, I have a little discrepancy with that woman that just spoke. <clears throat> I don't yeah. think she... she they may have not worked on Cottage Street, but I've been through this city. I walk from the north end all the way down to the south end, and I've seen all the work they've been doing all summer long. My street on Sycamore used to be huge
4: potholes,
3: tall print, brand new paved. Everything's done. I know Eversource is doing their thing because they... They've been doing it down on uh, Beal Street, uh, Clifford Street, down on Sawyer. They've been down on uh, Ashley Boulevard, downtown. It's all new, brand new roads, new sidewalks, and new brickwork, too, including the new lighting that they've been putting in. So I don't understand how she could be saying that nothing's getting done in the city. I think this is the first year. That we actually had a lot of stuff getting going and done.
1: That's great. Um, that's good to, I mean, that's that's really good. I mean, it might just be she's over on Cottage Street, and that's where you know all politics is local. And in that case, it's hyper local, yeah. right? That's like. Well, a, when I'm
3: getting down that area because uh, I know that nursing home is right up the street because my brother works there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're doing work. I mean, no, it's not no, like listen. just standing around twiddling uh, their thumbs. Things are getting done for it, a change.
1: It, I, I agree. And listen, my, um, you know, uh, as like I said, in my position, we have to we only have, you know, based on budgetary concerns and all of that, we can only pick a, a certain number of streets per year to like repave. Right. And right. so there are people there's exactly. like a wait. there's a there's a backlog, there's a wait list and we have to pick those streets. You know we, right. we go by the, we go by the recommendations of the superintendent. These are the five streets that we need, right? We need to get done, and we we keep doing that you know and we, so it just little by little we're improving street by street, but it's you know just well, based on uh, the budgetary you know, the budgetary constraints that you have to do uh, to do those streets.
3: Yeah, but you think about this from years ago, I mean nothing was really getting done. But now, all of a sudden, within the last couple of years, I notice a lot of stuff is getting done. Yeah, And I, I'm kind of glad because it's about time. You know, streets are getting paved, sidewalks getting put in, new lighting, new whatever. I, I In my personal opinion, everybody's different. But I think the mayor did a good job in getting this thing going here. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to get to Cottage Street.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Uh, I, I said, uh, you know, I, I said to the the caller, I hope she calls into Mayor Mitchell's um, uh, segment on Wednesday with Tim, and and then you know can voice that concern to him, and he might be able to t- say exactly where it's at. He might have that that knowledge of off the top of his head. Say, oh, okay, well, Cottage Street's on our list for this year or next year or whatever, because I know I know how <laughs> it works here. You only have a certain amount of streets to do. I, I understand that.
3: Yeah. Exactly, because I, I noticed too they've been doing a lot of work down on station one down here, uh the fire department too. They've been doing a lot of remodeling in that area, which is good to see. Yeah. Um that's cool. I mean, we need we need stuff and I'm glad to see the police are out and things are getting done and but <laughs> I've been here since I was, God knows, I was just a teenager when I I moved here to New Bedford. And I've watched the city grow. And I think that what's going on right now is a good thing.
1: That's good. That's
3: great. So I'm hoping somebody agrees with that. You know, I'm seeing it. I know it.
1: uh, you know, I think I think, um, I think uh, your your sunny disposition is um, uh, refreshing.
3: Well, sometimes you need uh, a positive, and somebody may neglect to it to it and bring a negative in there. But we don't argue about it. We kind of talk it through and see what can be accomplished here.
1: Well, like I said, you know, I, she's been. Talking about that issue on Cottage Street, it's something that's important. I think there's probably other streets in the city that that aren't getting that don't that probably haven't been serviced yet either. And there could be certain reasons for that. you
3: got you got Sharma Ave with Campbell Street, those areas right there. You know, some of those roads are pretty bad, too. Right now, I know because I have family living down in that area. Right. So, so they, I'm able to say something about it.
1: Yeah, so there's probably a lot of people around that, that you know, that and that live in different areas that may not be getting as much service for one reason or another. And you know, I think right. they're rightfully justified in, 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 uh, in, in being frustrated.
3: Well, if you notice, too, it's like one week uh eversource, the cable company, the phone, They rip up the roads. They're putting in new stuff in there, new gas pipes, water line, sewer. And hope to God they don't turn around and rip it apart again right after they fix the thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only thing that bugs me. Right. Because they did that here. Well, They, they paved the beautiful road. And not even four months later, they turned around, ripped it back up, and then paved it again.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's a difficult. I mean, it's a difficult job. I know the people at DPI are doing the best they can to to, to provide that. You know, to get to have the best, you know, the best roads, the the, the safest and oh. most navigable roads that they can they can possibly right. provide. You know, a lot of that is on the the votes for you know the, the budget and all of that. Maybe they need a, a better allocation.
3: Yeah, I'm i I'm an avid voter. I vote every every year. Every time there's an election I'm there.
1: Well uh you've uh you've generated some uh you've generated some uh some call traffic, so I'm gonna have to let you go and get to these calls, but I do appreciate you calling in. Okay. Thank you. Nice n- nice talking to you. Likewise. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, how are you? Good, how you doing? Oh
5: <clears throat> I'm the first time calling. I've never called before. Oh. But I have to agree with with the gentleman about the you know, giving these people a fifty thousand dollar raise. I have worked in a company for forty one years and um in Boston and the most we've ever got is a three percent raise yeah. and two percent. And um plus I'm a senior now and um the taxes in the city of New Bedford are astronomical. Right.
1: Yeah, no I, I agree and you you know you like that that was a those raises that were proposed were Forty to fifty percent, right? It's it's crazy. You know, I
5: never get on the job, and I work, I work, I worked at the same company for forty-one years, and I also work part time in the New Bedford area. Yeah, and I've never ever got a raise more than two or three percent. I've never got so I don't know what justifies them to get a fifty thousand dollar pay raise, and I don't know what Linda Morad, well, she doesn't care Linda Morad anyway, because she owns all kind of property in New Bedford. And she's getting all kinds of income, so she doesn't care about the regular taxpayers who, who are trying to make ends meet. And, and, um, and especially when you get these high ta- uh, tax increases on your property. Every single year, I can set my clock by them. They keep jacking the taxes up every year.
1: Yeah, uh, it, certainly didn't, it certainly seemed like a care- careless proposal and a careless vote, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I can
5: tell you one thing. When the election comes up, I'll be, and that's why a lot of, and leaves a very bitter taste in the taxpayer's mouth when you get these, especially somebody like Linda Moran, agreeing to have these people getting a fifty thousand dollar raise. Yeah. All right. Have a good evening.
1: Thank I, you. I appreciate the call. Thank you. No, I, I agree. I, 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 I do. I do. Um, I, I agree. Um, I like. I love a uh, first time callers too. That's awesome. Thank you for calling in. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, and. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it. I think it's it. It was pretty wanton, like recklessness, uh, to to make those votes. And uh, it's like either it was like a momentary, you know, really bad lapse in judgment, or or you just you know just doesn't care, or they don't care. It's it's you know that's that's how that's what you can chalk it up to. Good evening.
4: Yeah, how you doing? Good.
1: Um, the last two calls are right.
4: Um, they are doing some work on the roads, not like he's making it out, but they are actually doing some work on the roads. Um, and the guy that was talking about the taxes, yeah, he's totally right on that. Page. And then they're giving him, what, 15,000 people in city council, $15,000? $50,000. 50. <laughs>
1: Fifty thousand so, dollars. Fifty thousand dollar raise for three for three employees. Uh there was I mean it was part of a necessary package to give um, uh it's part of a, a necessary package uh, to give every you know every unit C employee a pay raise, but like you know Jack Splane points out, most of those pay raises, which were necessary, were like uh, two or three levels, and then the the, the three that Linda Moore had proposed were like six levels above that uh, above what those three employees were making, and it was again forty to fifty thousand dollars, about fifty percent higher. Um, than, than they were before and while they, they, they in their positions deserved a pay raise now those, those positions are now being paid oh. at a rate that's 51% higher than anybody else in the entire state it doesn't make any sense
4: I think I'm running for city council I, I want to make a lot of money
1: well, I, they well. To be clear, just just to be clear, I'll, I'll just, the to be clear they didn't the make those pay raises for themselves. But they you know, I think a lot of people uh, they didn't make those pay raises for themselves. But it was still it was still I think a reckless it was still a reckless allocation of of uh, of of public uh, funds for sure. Yes,
4: it was. I'm only joking. I ain't running for city council. You could. If I could, if I could, I would, I would try to help the city out and mm. the people in the city a great deal, and not telling stories story yeah. like a lot of them do. Right, but that's a politician for you. They lie. They tell you everything you want to hear, and then you know they I, screw you over.
1: Some do, some don't. Some are better than others. But yeah, I, I think the most honest politician.
4: Some people are going to laugh at this, but I think Bernie Sanders. Is oh no, he's a hundred
1: percent. I think even I, you know I'm a huge Bernie guy. But I remember during the Republican debate in 2016, I think a lot of people even said uh, even the Republicans were like, "Oh well, I don't you know he's 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 honest. Everybody says that you can't doubt his sincerity. You know, even if you don't agree with his politics, and I do agree with his politics a great deal, but you can't doubt you can't doubt. That he hasn't been firmly entrenched where he's at for 50 years. You know, there's records of him talking about the issues that he's talking about now for 50 years. So, he is consistent, for sure.
4: Yeah, considering he's got money, he cares about, well, you know why? Because he grew up poor.
1: Yeah, he grew up in Brooklyn, yeah.
4: Yeah. But he, you know, you know he's got money, but he cares about the middle class and poor. He knows what it's like.
1: Yeah, he does, and he's dedicated his whole life, actually, to to, um, hey, one more question for issues. you, and then
4: I'm going to let you go. Okay. How do people like Marjorie Taylor Greene get in office? Mm. Uh, That's crazy. Gerrymandering, maybe?
1: A- yeah, she's got a favorable district. Uh, it's crazy. And Ed she'll be... Ed
4: Cruz, another one. I, 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 Ed Cruz, his own kid, don't even like him.
1: <laughs>
4: I did an interview with his daughter, and she said, I don't like how my father acts.
1: Uh Yeah, no, I'm sure uh, he's an objectively awful guy. Remember when he left the state while they were undergoing a historic winter storm? He just went to Cabo. He's awful. Yeah. He's an awful, awful guy. Uh, De- Beto O'Rourke came close. Uh, it was like 51 to 48 uh, percent of the vote. I think that just I think it's more testament to how odious Ted Cruz is that even in a state as ruby red as Texas. You know, he, he even barely squeaked by.
4: Well, you have a good night. I've had enough of talking about the politicians now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they A lot of them are just pathological liars like yeah. Donald J. Trump, who's really not a politician. Yeah. Joe Biden, they'll stick up for him. He's old.
1: He just. Uh, the yeah, I don't think Joe Biden was ever a good guy even when he was young. But. Um, but. Friend of Trump. Uh. Sure. Or, or
4: do you disagree?
1: I mean, it's just hard. Like, who's more awful? Like, they're both awful. I, you know, I would say Joe Biden's less awful than Trump, though. Sure. Yeah. that's
4: yeah. What, But I think they need to both go
1: away. I agree. I agree. You have a good night. You as well. Thank you. All right, 508-996-0500. love that we got first-time callers in this uh, this this evening. Um, it's great. Uh, so um, keep them coming. Uh, give us a call, 508-996-0500. Send us a message on the WBSM app chat.
0: Listen to us live.
1: Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to the program. I'm Marcus Farrell, 508-996-0500. Uh, I am but a conduit. For the callers and the app chatters who in the audience who wants to continue a conversation, the conversation that you guys have clearly wanted to continue is the one on the city council um, vote to raise four positions uh, about I uh, know three three positions about fifty thousand uh, dollars each that count that was brought forward by Councillor Morad. It was adopted by the city council. It was part of a package of necessary pay raises. It was part of a package of necessary pay raises, um, that were significantly less than 40 and $50,000 for certain positions. And, um, you know, people are rightfully outraged by it. Uh, it's, you know, when you elect somebody to a, a public position when you entrust them with your tax dollars, when you entrust them with the government that's supposed to provide the essential services that you expect, uh, from them, uh, from your, from your local government, from the, uh, from where those tax dollars, what those tax dollars are supposed to pay for. You expect them to act prudently. Uh, you expect them to act, act prudently and in consideration of, uh, your best interest and, uh, a vote, uh, those votes, um, you cannot say that those votes in any way possible reflected those values uh, that you'd expect from a local uh, government official or any really government uh, elected official. Now, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I like most of the city councilors. I think they're good people. Um, I, But uh, this behavior, uh, this type of sort of laissez-faire and wanton recklessness in this vote, it is unacceptable. And maybe... You know, maybe when Counselor Morad pr- proposed that pay raise package that maybe the other counselors didn't want to upset the apple apple cart and they knew how necessary the, these pay raise votes were um, and they wanted to get forward so it didn't jeopardize the whole package. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's why um, they, they took Counselor Morad's recommendations to pay these um, three employees 50000 more dollars. The mayor can't do anything about it because the package it's kind of what makes this vote so odious because you're basically you're taking this you're taking these necessary pay raises for employees that are underpaid and you're using it as leverage to throw $50,000 a piece at these other positions, right? Because you know that the old mayor doesn't have a line item veto and you you know this and you you figure the city council doesn't want to upset the apple cart, right? And so you just throw You know, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more in salary at a position um, that's well outside of what what's been recommended to keep that position competitive, and with no really good faith justification, um, and. And so people are obviously concerned. You've heard calls here talk about, you know, was it, was it patronage, right? Patronage meaning like, is it you know, are you doing this because you're you know, you want your, you like your friend or you want to see them get more money or are you doing this for any reason? And it seems like there hasn't been a legitimate like fact base or data driven reason for those uh, the, the, those pay raises. And so it just brings into question, you know, the the discretion of somebody that would propose that. You know it's it's crazy the whole thing's crazy it's unjustifiable and i don't think people should stand for it um you know one of the things you can do is is make your voice heard on it and again this is you know i know people that listen are reliable voters and they know that people are calling that that are calling them are reliable voters so you should reach out to your public officials you should make your voice heard here on wbsm because i think your complaints are valid i think your concerns are completely and totally valid and i think you should voice them going forward it's something we'll continue on uh as this uh as this as this um new year uh goes forward as a new sa- a session the council goes forward we'll be tracking it we'll be tracking it and uh i'm tracking it now and i'm taking your calls at 508 996 that's how you can get uh on the program this evening um, if you want to call on that, you can. I was doing a segment, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I'm I'm a conduit for whatever uh, you guys want to talk about, right? And if you want to keep talking about it, you can. You can give me a call. I was like doing a segment at the beginning of the show, and I was just kind of like going over the five like most important stories I thought were locally of the year. I'm just gonna do that now. We're at the end of the uh, show, and if you want to call in and talk about the pay raises some more, you absolutely can. We can talk about that. It's something that we'll keep talking about going into the new year as well, and we'll, we'll definitely get. Um, you know, we'll hopefully, we'll hopefully get some, uh, some counselors, um, uh, to talk about it on the record. I know counselor Abreu had some concerns that he had voiced on it. And I know, uh, I know that there's some on the record, uh, statements on it, uh, from the, I know there's some on the record statements on it from, um, I know there's some on the record statements on it from the, um from the uh, the the uh, council morad and the councillors in the in the in the meeting but um, I think maybe some further explanation is warranted so 508 500 is how you can get on the program this evening uh, or we can take your uh, messages on the WBSM app chat um, let's trying to figure out. Why the second hour of the podcast is is not, but I, hopefully it'll be up soon. And um, oh yeah, so I was doing a segment. I was doing like what I thought the five most important stories were. Number five was the Noah's Playground story, and I think again there was a lot of there's a lot of parallels to what's ha- what happened there and what's happening here. In that, you know, it's a, it's something that happened, an action by a local government that most people rightfully found to be outrageous, and with collective action. They did something to ensure that that outrageous action would not continue, or would you know, didn't ha- uh, wouldn't happen, or would not continue, right? And that was everybody collectively got behind uh, the effort to, re- you know, repeal that, um, repeal that, uh, that, that 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 pay to park system at Noah's Playground, the ADA accessible play- playground for um, uh, individuals with disabilities. And it worked, right? And so I think you've got a similar opportunity here to really make your voice heard on this. And a lot of that was driven here at WBSM um, by this, not by this show, but you know my Saturday show, Tim's show, Kate Robinson in the news, uh, Phil Barry, uh, you know the week the, the the weekend programming. So that's something that, prou- that that's something that really. Um, should continue. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred number four. The number four story I had I think was the um, the migrants to Martha's Vineyard story. Not 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 necessarily a South Coast story, right? But it is. I think it was enough in the southeastern Mass in our orbit or orbit to really be a local story. I mean, there's a ferry to Martha's Vineyard right off this you know right off this shoreline here. There's a ferry that's about you know what is it an hour to Martha's forty five minutes to 45 minutes to the vineyard. Um, There was a lot of talk about whether or not New Bedford would uh, accept um, some of the migrants, some of the 50 migrants that were flown here. There was a lot of national attention on this story. Um, There was a lot of national attention on this story. Obviously, we talked about it a lot here. There's a lot of coverage here. I had Julian on, who's a state senator. Uh, from uh, from Truro, who represents the Cape and Islands in the State House, and he, re- uh, you know, he really built a national profile um, uh, on that uh, on that topic. So I think that was the number four story of the year. Number, um, I think that was number four story of the year. Uh, my number four story of the year it was the top five story of the year for me because again, it was a really it was a pretty local issue that had broad that started a broad national talk. And I think you know one of the things that I think propelled. You know, Ron DeSantis to, um, you know, his, I guess, stardom in the Republican Party uh, as, you know, horrifying and as awful as what he did was. Um, I would say that was, you know, that's that the, the, the Martha's Vineyard migrant story is uh, for me a top five local story. The number three story is Joe Biden visiting the South Coast. Of Going to Somerset, going to Brayton Point, uh, and he did that to talk about the offshore wind industry. He did that to make a seminal speech in his climate agenda. He talked about, um, he talked about uh, basically, um, you know, his... Uh, he talked about the uh, Brayton Point, uh, how it was a former coal, uh, coal fire, uh, a coal fire plant, one of the one of the most environmentally hazardous uh, uh, coal fire plants in New England, and now it's being converted into a major manufacturing campus for the offshore wind industry. I remember we talked to jo- on on South Coast Night, the very early days of South Coast Night in the summer. We talked, we spoke with Congressman Jake so that was in his district. We spoke to him <clears throat> on. Uh, we spoke to him uh, on air later that evening. He flew back to D.C. and he gave us he gave Chris and me a call to talk about that. You know, his experience riding on Air Force One, the reason Biden chose Brayton Point in Somerset, the reason why, um, you know, it was such uh, the reason why he chose there to, to deliver that that speech and, and why, you know, Massachusetts is going to be a leader in that offshore wind industry and a leader in clean power in general. Um, so that was my number three story. It feels like it should be, you know, the president coming down here should be a little higher. But I feel like there was so, the, you know, like I've always said on this program, all politics is local, and there's stuff that's so much more locally impactful. I think, uh, um, in the local uh, lo- impactful things that are so much more impactful on the local scene. That I think this, um, that I think these these next two stories. I don't know. Rank a little bit higher for me, just because again, all politics is local. What happens here, what happens at the hyper local level, really matters a lot more. And number two for me is this: is is and it it is a local thing because it impacts us. Is the statewide can uh, the statewide races? Um, You know, you had a a historic uh, statewide uh, slate of statewide races for um, for Massachusetts. You had. Um, You know, for the first, I think the first time in American history, the, you know, an all woman, uh, the first time I think in American history, an all woman ticket was elected uh, to the governor's office with Healy and Driscoll. The first time Massachusetts elected a woman governor, obviously, Jane Swift served as an acting governor um, after Paul Solusi had taken an ambassadorship. Um, But, uh, you know, you had Dinah DiZoglio, Kim Driscoll, Andrea Campbell, uh, More Healy. Right. And, um, they all joined us, right. They all joined us. Uh, and we spoke with, uh, Andrea Campbell multiple times. I got to speak with uh, Maura Healy when she came down to the South coast. Uh, I got to, uh, um, Dina Dezaglio joined us. Remember, for an hour in studio after the feast, a lot of them spent a lot of time down here. Uh, I think DeSaglio in particular spent a ton of time down here. But you know, Kim Driscoll came down for rallies. More Healy came down to the South Coast to talk about um, to 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 help um, prop up some some local candidates uh, as well for office, like Carol Doherty up in Taunton. Um, you had some really competitive primaries, and everybody came here to South Coast tonight, and came down to the South Coast to 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 reach out to this community because they valued this community. At the feast, it was incredible because there was you know there was it's rare that you get you know four open constitutional offices, and uh, so many uh, almost all of those candidates came down to the feast, and the ones that didn't didn't win. By the way, the one the candidates that didn't come down to the feast definitely didn't win. By the way, but you know it was really. Um, Really, uh, it was really, um, pretty, it was, uh, it was, there was a lot of action. I think a lot of stuff, uh, that's going to impact us. I think, you know, I think, uh, these, you know, after talking to each of these candidates that's been elected into office, I think they're going to be strong, a strong partner for this region. They all have specific plans for the region. They all seem to be pretty invested. They come down here quite a bit. And, uh, you know, i actually remember talking to Diana DiZaglio, uh, off, um, off the air, uh, but uh, she won't mind me saying this. She was talking about how much time she spent down here uh, in the South Coast and Taunton, New Bedford, Farver, and all that. And she said it feels like home because she's from uh, Methuen, right? And uh, the Gateway City's up uh, over in the Merrimack Valley. And she says, you know, it's a similar, similar people, similar issues that they're dealing with, similar demographics. That you know, I like being down here because it feels like home. And I thought that was really cool. So I think you can expect a lot from those state, uh, from those, from those candidates, and that's. That's my number two story. My number one story, of course, the Bristol County Sheriff's race, and you know what more is there to say about it? It was the most electric race in the entire state. It was happening here. It was happening, and it was happening here, and we got to decide um, the outcome on that race. And it was really just, it was a nail biter. It was incredible. Uh, it was intense. Every moment of it, there was news developing every day. They were, they were here in studio. Tom Hodgson and Paul Haro were here in studio for one of two debates. The other one, WPRI with Ted Nisi and Tim White. Um, And they were here here in studio and you could feel the intensity in here, right? And then we've gotten to cover their transition and how incredibly gracious they've been afterwards. And I've, you know, a lot of people are interested in that story about Haru's comments on Ash Street Jail, which is very revealing. So this, even though the election's over, this story continues to be probably the most interesting political story uh, that's happening right now. It still continues to be that way. So... Uh, br- obviously, the Bristol County Sheriff's Race, that's number one for me. That's that's an easy number one, and I think it was number one for a lot of people, especially if you're listening to South Coast tonight. All right, 508 996 0500 in the program and take a break. 1420 WBSM
0: is now also on 99.5 FM.
1: It just wouldn't
0: be. WBSM isn't just a broadcast, it's also a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or. Just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider.
1: Hey, welcome back. So just went over my top five stories of, uh, of 2022. Again, just quickly going back the Noah's playground story, uh, the pay park story, Noah's playground, um, the, uh, migrants, um, this is local stories, the migrants getting, uh, uh, traffic to Martha's Vineyard by Ron DeSantis. That's number four. Number three is Joe Biden visiting the South Coast. Number two is the statewide elections here. And number one, of course, is the Bristol County Sheriff's race. Those are my top five stories of 2022. Looking ahead um, and we've been talking about this pay raise issue, this might end up being a, a, I think this might have had to put this in the top five because a lot of people are really interested, even though it just happened a lot of people are really, really interested in this story in which the city council voted to raise pay about $50,000 was proposed by Council Moore at of $50,000 uh, for three specific positions in city government. It didn't make a lot of sense, uh, still doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, um, so, uh, and we'll take your calls and app chat messages if you want on that for the rest of the show at 508-996-0500. Looking ahead, um, you know, the things that I'm looking forward to next year, uh, and obviously there's going to be town elections here in Fairhaven. There's a couple of select board seats that are up for election town elections in Dartmouth, which I think will be really interesting after the defend Dartmouth stuff that went on last year with the Indian, um, the Indian logo and mascot voted overwhelmingly to be kept, uh, at the Dart at Dartmouth High School, but I don't know if there's going to be any electoral consequences for people who may have supported or opposed that in the last election. So there's something we'll get to track in those local elections. Obviously, New Bedford City election. Uh, this might be an issue here, the pay raises thing. But we're going to be looking at whether or not Mayor Mitchell's going to decide to run again. I think he is. I'm leaning towards yes. I will continue to ask him. <laughs> He will continue to uh, ignore my question, uh, which he sh- which I don't blame him. But I will continue to ask him when he joins me. He will continue to ignore the question. But um, I think he is. Uh, I think there's a lot of development coming here. He's done the job. I think he likes the job. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming here. And, um, you know, I think if he runs, he's basically unbeatable. Uh, unless someone comes out of left field that I don't know about. It seems like the, you know, it seems like he's probably going to run. My prediction would have been that if he doesn't run, you know, we're looking ahead. If he doesn't run, I said this on Barry's show, um, that Tony Cabral, the state rep, Tony Cabral would run for Mitchell's, uh, the open seat, would run for mayor. And then Ian Abreu uh, would run for. Um, state rep because Ian's been very open about running for higher office. There could be other people that jump into that race too. There's other city councilors that live in Tony's district um, that could jump into, um, but I think everybody's looking at DNA brew um, to run for higher office. I think he'd run for that rep seat. Uh, I got some pushback on that today. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken. That's kind of where I, my head's at. Um, I mean, if Tony doesn't run, I think, I think you'd probably see Ian run for mayor. Maybe, maybe other people in the council, Uh, there are people in the council that have run for mayor and everybody on the city council has got to be considered a candidate or a contender because they've already been voted on by people in the city. So uh, looking ahead at that, I I do think, um, I think you'll see Mitchell run again in, uh, in 20, in 2023. I think you'll see him run for another term. Um, But if not, then there'll be a domino effect of course. And we'll see how that um, we'll see how that pans out. So, uh, 508 is heading in the program. We're obviously going to see in the national stage, people jumping in for president and all that. We're looking forward to, uh, you know, the, the incoming Healy Driscoll administration, right. And, um, and what they plan on doing. Uh, there's, yeah, I think, and, and of course the locally, the, the new, uh, hero administration in the sheriff's office, you know, that was, um, Again, the hottest race of the year. And, you know, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him now uh, after running the campaign he ran and and winning in the way he did. Uh, He's going to he's going, I think, be going to be under the microscope. And, um, you know, we're going to see what changes uh, are made if you know what changes are made, what changes aren't made and how that moves the conversation going forward on, you know, like local law enforcement policy and local uh, local corrections policy. Uh, we'll be covering that here from end to end. I mean, I've really enjoyed covering the sheriff's race and even the transition afterwards. I think it's a fascinating story. And I, I think it keeps even, you know, even as the election is over, I think it keeps getting better. You know, with that story I have on WBSM.com about Hero's, um, you know, surprise at being uh, at the conditions of the famous Ash Street Jail, and he said, "Oh, it wasn't dirty. It's he thinks it's fit for inmate habitation. He's not committing to closing it. He never did commit to close it. To be fair, but you know, people that supported him do want it closed. So we'll see how that all shakes out going into the um, going into the uh, the election year. All right, I've got to take a break. I will be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. What's up, I- So the show in the final minutes of the year for South Coast tonight. Uh, So just for people who may not have heard, Monday, uh, tomorrow, first of all, you can tune in to Brian. Brian Thomas, 7 to 9, Ken Pittman, 9 to noon, Jose Matos, 12 to 1, Jess Machado, a 1 to 4. You can tune into Town Square Sunday with Jim Phillips on uh, on Sunday at 6 a.m. and 11 a.m. I usually catch the 11 a.m. show while I'm driving, doing my Sunday errands before football, the big game. I'm in my fantasy football championship for anybody that cares. I hope you wish me luck. Um, and uh, and uh, But Monday we are off. Uh, Monday is the observance of New Year's Eve. We will not be in the building, uh, so there won't be any South Coast night, nor will there be any uh, regular program at WPSM. You can enjoy some of our syndicated stuff. Tuesday, we'll be back. Tuesday through Friday, we're doing our regular thing, so I'll be here. And are looking forward to continuing this conversation and other conversations uh, going forward. And you can always give us a call at 508-996-0500, message us on the app chat whenever you'd like to, to get the conversation going as well. I got to say it's been a it's been a it's been a really it's been a pretty good year uh, for 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 me personally uh, getting this show um, seeing this uh, getting this show hearing the responses to it hearing you guys uh, getting all these candidates in getting these getting these these guests on uh, that has been the absolute highlight of the year. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for it. And it's because of you guys. So I'm grateful for for you um, all tuning in, calling in, messaging, and just listening, uh, because you're making uh, you're making this program happen and uh, allowing me to, to to do something that's really been a dream of mine, uh, which is would we'll just talk about these issues um, with with people uh, with a, with a broad audience. So I really appreciate that. Have a good new year. I don't have to tell you to be safe, right? Um, be safe and uh, Be safe and that's it. Have a good new year. Be safe and I'll see you in 2023 on Tuesday, January 3rd. We'll have a lot to talk about and um, look forward to talking about it with you. So see you later.